Hey, what's up, everybody? This is The Greatest Show on Dirt. Monday, February 26th, coming to you live from the Sweet Bee Studios. I am your host, Quentin, and spring training has started. I am so excited that Major League Baseball is finally back. I almost completely exploded on the inside last week. So Friday, the game started on Friday, 1.05 p.m. Eastern Time. I remember where I was. I was at work, and... I don't think I did any work the whole entire day. I was just like, had all these baseball games I wanted to watch. Uh, this thing is back, and hopefully the podcast will be recorded about once a week. I'm so excited you guys are listening. It's great to be back. I really haven't recorded anything in about a week and a half. Um, my wife and I are building a new house, which will have a new Sweet Bee studio, a room wholly and solely devoted to my podcast. I'm not too sure how I pulled this off with Courtney, but she's very excited to help me put this room together I couldn't ask for anything more and I'm super excited because I'll be able to talk baseball up until like the wee hours of the night you know because I'm not the only person that lays in bed at 2 a.m and thinks about baseball right because I do that all the time but here we are this is it um we're gonna talk a little bit about string spring training but I think the first thing we're gonna talk about and I think a lot of people I for sure know I'm surprised about this. I'm surprised that Jake Arrieta still doesn't have a baseball team. Um, you know, when the offseason hit, it was kind of like him and you, Darvish, are going to get the big deals, you know. Five, six, maybe seven-year deals, $100-plus million. I know Scott Boris thought that the bearded righty, um, who's going to be 32 sometime in March, would probably get close to $200 million. But Jake Arrieta's not signed, and I think the only thing he's had offered to him, at least – to my knowledge, is uh, the Phillies are trying to get him at about three years and 80-something million, and apparently the Cubs, before they signed Hugh Darvish to their six-hit $126 million, they'd called Jake Arrieta and Scott Boris and offered him something, maybe exactly what they signed Hugh Darvish for, or something really close to what that was long-term, which Jake Arrieta turned down. Now, I guess at this point, my first question is, are we really surprised once you dig into the numbers, that Jake Arrieta is still a free agent. I had tweeted a week ago, you know, I've um I've finally figured out how to use a little bit of InDesign. So I had tweeted a graphic of Jake Arrieta and slapped the Greatest Show on Dirt logo on it and put a lot of his stats on there from 2015. Now, if you if you take Jake Arrieta and you go to BaseballReference.com and you click on his... um. 2015, 2016, and 2017 seasons and aggregate all those numbers, you get some pretty good stuff, right? 54 wins, first in the National League, 271 ERA, second in the NL. He's got an ERA plus of 151, which is one point below Max Scherzer. He's um, second in, uh, third in war in the National League, second in innings pitched, fourth in whip. This is a guy who, if you look at his cumulative numbers from 2015, you'll say, okay, that's cool. Um, there's a lot to be concerned about, though. So I had about an hour at work today to burn some time. Don't tell anybody. This is for entertainment purposes only. But I, for real, burned like an hour plus at work today figuring out what I thought of Jake Arrieta. Um, I read an article on The Athletic that said the best way to look at Jake Arrieta is to take your thumb and hold it over his Cy Young season and look at everything else around it. And there's a lot of stuff that's alarming on that. We've all heard about Jake Arrieta and his decline in velocity. Two miles an hour off the fastball, two miles an hour, a little over two miles an hour off his sinker, and that combination alone is a really good was a really good one-two punch for him, and a lot of that's gone. Jake Arrieta's walks, they're up. His strikeouts are down. 
those are the things we know. But if you look, I dug into his 2017 season and I looked at a lot of statistics that honestly I had to figure out what they were. So I went to fan graphs and I looked at a lot of different numbers. ERA minus, which is the equivalent of ERA plus is what they use on fan graphs. We've got um, FIP, which is fielding independent pitching. You're looking at like home runs per nine, average against and stuff like this. Here's Here's a few of the things I found. His home runs per nine was 20th in baseball. There were a lot of guys above him in that home runs per nine that were just like a bunch of no names. And I think that's a lot of what I saw when I was looking at Jake Arrieta's advanced stats is none of them jumped out to me. And there were a lot of no name guys, guys that would not get paid the amount that Jake Arrieta is wanting if they were free agents. Um, His average against batting average against 12th in baseball. I figured that up as a minimum 150 innings. His ERA minus, it was 10th in all of baseball at 81. But you had guys like Jimmy Nelson, Taiwan Walker, who were ahead of him. This, and here's kind of what I figured out. Jake Arrieta was 31st in fielding independent pitching in 2017. And that essentially um, gives you like an ERA-like number, but it takes defense out of it. Because, right, Jake Arrieta, um, the whole time he's been a Cub, has played in front of a really stellar defense. So FIP kind of is independent of everything statistically. And it looks at a pitcher and says, okay, how many guys do they walk? What types of hits are they allowed? Home runs allowed? What the pitcher can can control? Fielding independent pitching gives him. He was 31st in 2017. If you cover up Jake Arrieta's 2015 Cy Young campaign, there's not a lot of good stuff in there. Yeah, he's won two World Series games, but... I mean, there are a lot of guys that have won World Series games that were not signing to a hundred plus million dollar contract. I'm not saying that that's not worth it, but that doesn't end up being the whole story. I looked at a lot of these numbers, and to me, Jake Arrieta and Lance Lynn are really, really comparable right now. Really comparable as far as like their advanced data, their numbers, and things like that. So if I'm a team right now, you know, it's not surprising to me that Jake Arrieta is still on the market. And if I'm a team, if I'm the Philadelphia Phillies, I, you know, to offer Jake Arrieta three years for $87, $88 million, they're doing it for leadership. I guess they believe that he is would be a better leader than a guy like Lance Lynn. I'm not even going to talk about Alex Cobb. I'm, I'm really low on Alex Cobb. I don't think he's going to have a good 2018. I might be wrong on that, so if I am, forget this. But there's no way I signed Jake Arrieta to three plus years at 80 something million when I could probably get Lance Lynn for five at that price and I'll just take him for two more years right Lance Lynn will probably have a better 2018 than Jake Arrieta if he doesn't they're gonna have really similar 2018s but one's going to be a lot more expensive than the other in the Philly situation is Jake Arrieta gonna be that leader I don't know right if Jake Arrieta at best is I think Jake Arrieta is going to pitch next season like a number three starter. I just don't know that he's going to be a really good leader when he's putting up numbers like a number three starter. I get his work ethic. I get what he's done in the past. I just just don't know if I like that. You know, I don't know if he's the leader that John Lester is. I don't know if he's the type of clubhouse presence that John Lackey would be. I'm not sold on it because I think he only pitches like a third starter. If you're lucky... I have always looked at Jake Arrieta in a in a particular way, in always a positive light, because I'm a Cubs fan and he's been a 
I mean, he's been a great Cub. The Cubs won a World Series in 2016. But I've watched him pitch all of last year and quite a some of 2016 where I would look at this guy and it would just be endlessly frustrating because he couldn't find the strike zone, which that's a lot of the problems he had when he was in Baltimore. He just he couldn't throw balls that were strikes that guys couldn't hit hard. But then he would just walk guys too, right? I think I read an article dated from 2013 that said Jake Arrieta was like the best at starting off was the best pitcher at the 02 walk. Meaning he'd get ahead of a guy 02 and then end up walking the guy. Well, he did a pretty good amount of that last year and he's just declining. Now you might look at this and say, "Well, Justin Verlander was a guy that had an off year and we all thought he was declining and he got picked up at the last minute last year." by the Houston Astros and won a World Series and dominated. I get that. But you're dealing with Jake Arrieta. Compare Jake Arrieta and Justin Verlander, you really can't because Jake Arrieta, Justin Verlander has such a strong pedigree. You realize Jake Arrieta, Scott Boris, wants Jake Arrieta to get David Price money, Max Scherzer money. Right? Jake Arrieta's only had one top five Cy Young finish. He, he's not that pitcher where you can look at and compare him to Scherzer or Verlander and say, Oh, maybe they, they're just late bloomers or just had a bad year. I don't think Arietta's that pitcher. Jake Arietta has a low odometer. You know, you'll hear a lot about Jake Arietta only having like 1,200 innings pitched for his career, but don't get it twisted. He's still going to be 32 in March, and all those games he wasn't starting, I imagine his side work, he was getting plenty of it. So he's, no matter what the back of his baseball card says, there's still miles on that arm because he's going to be 32 years old. So I'm not super surprised that Arietta is still a free agent. Um, this is a guy that could sit. And at this point in my head, I'm not sure that Jake Arietta doesn't sign till after the season starts because he feels like he's going to hold out and try to get six years. But at this point, I just don't know a team that signs him for six years. It doesn't seem like Philly wants to do it. And I wouldn't see how Jake Arrieta would get a six-year deal when Lance Lynn is still available because I think they're two really comparable pitchers. Anything else I have on Jake Arrieta? He's he's pitched in big games. I got it. But there are too many signs that tell me the, the decline is starting. You're getting an early decline. He is 32. You can look at the back of plenty of baseball cards and look at pitchers that had really good seasons, but by the time they were... Th- his age will just kind of sunk out. And there's, there aren't any indications early in his career that, you know, he doesn't have this track record to where you can kind of trust it. You know, he had a good 2014 and 2015. Jake Arietta's had two really good seasons. 2016 was when stuff started to go downhill and he wasn't the dominating pitcher. He was in 2015 and 2014. You know, in 2014, Jake Arietta took maybe four times a no-hitter into the seventh inning or beyond, four times. So the pitcher that Jake Arrieta was in 2015 wasn't surprising if you watched him pitch in 2014. But then when you watched 2016, you knew the guy was gone. So the Jake Arrieta that him and Scott Boris think that he is, he hasn't been there since 2015. Maybe the beginning of 2016. He's just not there. You are listening to The Greatest Show on Dirt. I am... Like I said at the beginning of the show, I'm super excited for Major League Baseball opening day. So excited that I bought a pitching machine. So I am sort of addicted to Amazon. I guess everyone is, you know, especially when you can 
slide the little button over on Amazon to pay for something, right? You know what I'm talking about. If you go to Amazon, it'll say like buy now with one click and you slide your little finger over and you purchased it, right? And it goes to your house. Well, I found this soft toss pitching machine. So it's this little like plastic machine that throws a baseball maybe four plus feet in the air and you hit it. You know, it's not like a pitching machine that I set up like 60 feet, six inches from me. Those are like 1300 bucks. I'm going to buy one of those once I get moved into the studio and probably not tell my wife. They say it's easier to ask for a forgiveness and it is permission. I'm going to try that with a $1,300 pitching machine. But until then, I got this little soft toss piece. And so this past weekend, I went out Saturday morning and I went out Sunday morning. And I hit baseballs all morning. And I cannot tell you, I can't explain to you in words how bad my body hurts. I'm sitting here. I'm iced up right now. I got to ice my knees. I got to ice my right shoulder. My forearms my forearms hurt so bad. My hands ache with like every movement. Like I feel like, you know, on X-Men when Wolverine is like getting injected with like the the stuff that's like inside his body and he's just in pain. That's how I feel right now, but I'm not getting any stronger. I'm only getting weaker. Like the top parts of my shoulders hurt. My hamstrings hurt. From hitting a baseball, my hamstrings hurt. And I kid you not, like my abs hurt, right? Abs, ab muscles that have forsaken me that I have not seen since 19 years of age, they're all of a sudden want to show up and hurt. That's a little crazy, but I hit a ton of baseballs and it was literally the funnest thing I've ever done in like quite some time. I loved hitting baseballs. I could sit out there forever and just hit them, but I'm, I just hurt so bad. Um, but it was a blast. I probably hit a hundred baseballs every day and my body feels like I've been in a car wreck. Like, I'm telling you. But I'm going to go back out as soon as I heal up. Um, I, I can't tell you how uh, how my hamstrings hurt from hitting a baseball. I guess that just, that's got to tell you how bad a shape I'm in. Like, there are parts of my body that hurt that have nothing to do with hitting a baseball. At least I wouldn't think. But I've got my baseball stance figured out. I like to call myself... Right, if I were to describe my swing right now, because I'll probably upload a video of it at some point, but my batting stance is like Bryce Harper, but my power is somewhere along the lines of Aussie Smith, right? Not a whole lot of power, but I do have the ability to hit a home run. Um, the stat cast numbers are probably pretty jacked right now. They're probably, probably, um, probably real low, real low. I imagine my exit velocity matches the speed limit of a school zone. Right. If you live in North Carolina, that's 35 miles an hour. So that exit velocity is really not that great. Um, I did hit a home run the first day I went out there. But the field I was on was 201 feet. So that wasn't that good of a home run. But I was super stoked, and I hit it into the woods. And my wife goes, you can't get the ball because the ball's all the way out in the woods, man. It's like it's in the woods. It's down the hill. You cannot get it. I risked my life. I went out there and got that ball. And I have my first home run ball in my hand. It was like, like you know, a Major League Baseball player getting their first hit. And I had that home run in my ball. You know, when I played baseball, though, in real life, I was never a power hitter. And it was, it was glorious to see that ball go over the fence. The next day, I went to the field. Now, these are baseball fields that are right across the street from where I'm building my new house. And where the new Sweet Bee Studio will be. Shameless plug, humble brag. I went to the 299-foot field the next day and didn't even come close. Basically, all that happened there is I was just extra winded from getting all the baseballs on the bigger field. But um, 
I'll tell you this, shout out to the guys, shout out to the Home Run Derby folks, you know, you watch Home Run Derby, and you haven't played baseball in 10, 15 years, you know, if the last time you played baseball was high school, and you watch the Home Run Derby and wonder why Aaron Judge is so exhausted, go out and try to hit some baseballs and tell me what happens, because I was gassed, right, shout out to that guy, shout out to Aaron Judge who can hit ginormous home runs all night long, and, you know, shout out to people that can walk upstairs and not gasp for air because I'm struggling with all of that on a daily basis. But the pitching machine was a blast. If you're a baseball fan and happen to baseball in the wild, you can get this soft toss machine on Amazon.com. It's where I got it through the application on my phone. And it was it was $59 with free shipping. Then I got a bucket of baseballs for 24 bucks. The funnest thing I've ever done. But I'm also hurt. I think um, probably deep down I say... I hit like Bryce Harper, but I'm basically a New York Met at heart because I'm just injured. I don't know when the next time is I'll be able to actually grip a baseball bat. It just hurts, and I'm injured. But I think I'm a New York Met. Tim Tebow got hurt. He hit a sprinkler in the outfield and got sprained ankle. I mean, I think the New York Mets are the real life. The, the New York Mets are a Final Destination movie. They're just all getting hurt. I think Jay Bruce is hurt. I know Syndergaard tore a lot throwing fastballs last year. And then, speaking of spring training, he threw 101 miles an hour today. Noah Syndergaard did. Buddy, it's February. People are scraping their windows. He's throwing July heat 101 in a spring training game. Verlander threw 96. He looked good. Both of those guys look good. It's um, unbelievable. I can't believe it. But Jake Arrieta, no telling what's going to happen with that guy. If, if he's going to be a Philly, it's going to be for three years. Philly might stretch on four. If they've got to believe it, I know at the beginning of the offseason, you had MLB trade rumors had Jake Arrieta uh, predicted at four years and $100 million. And I don't think anybody with any sort of baseball knowledge thought that that was going to be the number. Jake Arrieta at this point will be lucky to get four years at 100. I think what's fair for Jake on the, the big end of it would be four for 90 or four for 95. So if the Phillies are going to sign him for three years and $87 million or the number or something like that's mid to high eighties for three years, they're overpaying for that whole contract. Cause he should be able to be signed at like four for 95, but if he's not going to sign for it, but there's, I mean, there's not a market for Arietta, right? The Minnesota twins offered you Darvish a nine figure deal. And then you Darvish signed with the Cubs, but the twins haven't extended that offer for Arietta advanced stats are glaringly obvious on this guy and you know with all the data that's out now you you can't hide these imperfections you know if, if Albert Pujols was a free agent today he's not getting the 210 million he got in 2012 or whenever it was because you can we study this stuff now right all these baseball front offices are ran by a bunch of Harvard guys that go to Harvard bars and the equations and shit on the wall and I mean he he's probably not going to get signed but we also where do we want to go now? I got Brody in the house, my black lab. He is the uh, dog. Courtney's going to be on the show, I think, on Wednesday or Thursday, so that'll be fun. I'll have someone else to talk to, so if you've listened to some of the earlier episodes, that should be fun. Um, let's talk baseballs. We're going to talk baseballs, like an actual baseball. Um, I had Kyle from Cubs Live on the podcast maybe a few weeks ago when we had talked about the Cubs signing you, Darvish, and in that conversation came the, um, the performance, or lack thereof, that he had in the oh, I got a text message coming that he had in the World Series. You Darvish had a bad World Series, right? I I really do believe that the World Series and his bad World Series had a lot to do with the baseballs. I really do. 
Um, Justin Verlander was trying to sign baseballs during the World Series, said they were slick, and he couldn't even get the Sharpie Magic marker to write his name on there. So there's some kid out there with a screwed-up Justin Verlander ball. Thanks, MLB. But for this season in 2018, Major League Baseball is making it a priority to have all teams store their baseballs in like air-conditioned facilities because what's happening when baseballs aren't stored properly, these balls will get dry, right? So, for example, this season, the Arizona Diamondbacks are installing a humidor, humidor, H-U-M-I-D-O-R. They're using this thing so the balls don't get dry because Coors Field has been using a humidor forever because it's so dry out there. There's no humidity, and when these balls get dry, they get uh, real hard, tightly wound, and they get slick. And when they get slick and tightly round, wound, they're more lively, so that has a lot to do with the baseballs flying out at an outrageous rate, right? Um, Logan Morrison hit 38 home runs last year. Prior to that, he hit 23. If he, uh, if Major League Baseball starts doing this type of stuff, he might not hit those type of home runs anymore, and the home run count overall in the league might go down. So for 2018, Major League Baseball teams are gonna have, they're gonna store all their baseballs in air-conditioned units, and Major League Baseball is going to study the data and see they're going to see what happens because if data says that um, or maybe certain things happen, you know, you had a lot of pitchers last year going on disabled list with blisters and a lot of home runs being hit. Now, if these numbers start to come down to earth, then maybe Major League Baseball has all the teams use a humidor. A humidor is where baseballs are kept at 70 degrees and 50% humidity, right? It's dry out west. Dry baseballs are slick. They fly far. I mean, they go far. You understand? So, I mean, 70 degrees at 50% humidity. I mean, these baseballs are treated like better than me, right? I can't get my house that comfortable. But, I mean, hey, baseball is the greatest game on earth. And, you know, these baseballs are just going to, you know, they're going to live in a lap of luxury. So, we'll see what happens. You know, I think this is a good thing for baseball. Uh, it's good for baseball. It's good for baseball. You know, you, you never want to see performances hindered in any situation, let alone a big game situation. I do believe that you Darvish's performance suffered. Ken Giles' performance suffered. Anybody who relied on a slider in the postseason, their game suffered. You know, and it also goes to show you had pitchers last season. Clayton Kershaw gave up an astronomical amount of home runs. That probably had a lot to do with the balls and uh, who knows? You know, I don't know. I don't know, but the balls, they want to standardize the balls. No one likes sweaty balls, so ah, I can't believe I said that. Uh, yeah, and plus you got to keep pitchers off the disabled list with blisters. I mean, you want players to be able to play their best. Sweaty balls, unbelievable. We need good balls in baseball because the players need to be playing their best. Greatest show on dirt. If you've made it this far, God bless your heart. Uh, I think we're going to close this thing up with maybe a couple funny stories. So a car yesterday on Sunday, a baseball car in Jupiter, Florida, during the St. Louis Cardinals game was stuck on the field. Right, this, this, A car was on a baseball field and couldn't get off the baseball field. The car is on the field in between innings. And it's cruising, doing its promotion thing because the stadium that they play in in Jupiter, Florida is like someone, someone Chevrolet Stadium. And... The car, I guess, comes in in left field, 
and it goes out in right field, and it's trying to pull out. And it's like the car is like trying to like shimmy on out the gate, so it's backing up and pulling forward and backing up and pulling forward. And like it, it looks like the guy's, you know, right? Have you ever been in a situation where you try to parallel park, right? Maybe you're with your girl at a fancy restaurant. You get that one parking spot real close up, and you're like, ah, yeah, my girl won't have to walk. I'm about to do this. And you're trying to parallel park, and it's kind of a busy road. You put your blinker on. There's a car behind you waiting. So you're trying to parallel park it. Then you're sweating. Your armpits are sweating. You're getting mad. You're getting in a rush because people are waiting on you. Then all of a sudden, you just say, screw it. And, like, you're on your way to McDonald's, or you end up parking, like, five blocks away. So this car couldn't figure it out, backed up, drove all the way. To the left field. I don't know what to say about it. That's a pretty boring baseball story. That was weird. Um, Grady Sean Dirt. What do we think, Brody? Alright, we'll close this thing out. Um, other funny stories? This I really found when I was surfing the internet today. I kid you not. So I am chilling. Just like I normally do. At work. Not doing a whole lot of anything. And I found that New Mexico State, New Mexico State, they played Mississippi Valley. I don't know the nicknames of either of these teams, but this was a three-hour and 42-minute game. Kind of rough on pace of play, right? Real long game. Uh, the final score was 39 to nothing. New Mexico State beat Mississippi Valley 39 to nothing. 39 runs on 30 hits. I don't even know what to say about this. New Mexico State had a guy in their order. This is like some RBI baseball 93 on Sega Genesis stuff. The DH for New Mexico State went 6 for 7 with 10 RBIs. 6 for 7 with 10 ribbies. This is awesome. You had guys go 4 for 7, uh, 4 for 4. That's not too impressive. I mean, the 6 for 7 with 10 ribbies. He walked once, too. He had 8 at-bats. He walked. Home run. We had a guy with two home runs. That was a DH hit two home runs. I mean, this this was. I, mean, I don't really know what to say about it. I'm kind of surprised the game went on this long. Mississippi Valley had a pitcher pitch a third of an inning. He allowed four hits, ten earned runs, walked six. Next guy came in and pitched two and two thirds and gave up eleven runs. The next guy came in and pitched. This is the the best pitcher of the night pitched four innings and gave up ten earned, three walks. Faced 22 batters and threw 102 pitches. The guy that pitched the first pitch a third of an inning and threw 52 pitches. I, there were The Mississippi Valley team threw 284 pitches in this entire game. I, I, I Honestly, I don't believe that they made it this far. This is completely crazy. Greatest show on dirt. We're going to close this episode out right now. We'll try, to, we'll try to upload another episode later. Maybe you were entertained. Oh, also, check us out. We did a baseball card Monday, and we upload. I uploaded a video, and I opened up a set of 1988 score baseball cards. It was a blast. I love opening up baseball cards. I think everybody should love opening up baseball cards. It never gets old to me. I'm 34 years old, and opening up a fresh pack of baseball cards or a pack of baseball cards from 88 is one of my favorite things to do. And I got some pretty good cards in the pack. 88 scores got these magic motion cards. They're pretty sick. I got a Reggie Jackson All-Star, 1987 All-Star. He was uh, Oakland Athletic at that point. Then I got some guys' names that I didn't even know, right? So I'm opening up this pack of baseball cards, and there are a lot of names. I don't know who they are, and that was a little weird because, like, I, didn't, I don't know how to, like, record video and then cut it. 
So once I've already committed to recording, kind of like this podcast, I just have to run with it. There's literally nothing else I can do but just finish it. So I'm opening up cards on score and I'm reading all these names off and I'm like, I don't really know who this guy is. And I just keep going through because it all honestly might have been the most boring pack of baseball cards I ever opened. So if anything, you'll just be entertained by me just ripping open baseball cards and figuring out who the hell these guys are. But either way, thank you for tuning into The Greatest Show on Dirt. We um, we we talked about Jake Arrieta. He's going to be a free agent forever. Your team should not sign him. And um, shout out to the pitching machine I bought. I guess I'm going to go like ice my whole entire body. I got a couple knees to ice, shoulders to ice, back to ice. I probably need to take an ice bath, I guess. Um, like something. I don't know. Like Epsom salt maybe. Um, I think I need like a personal masseuse, um, maybe a cortisone shot. I should try to get some cortisone shots too. I might need Tommy John because I've kind of thrown like my whole entire elbow out. Um, it hurts to throw a baseball. Damn it. Damn it. I need them. I need to, I'm going to play some more baseball though. I'm going to follow up with you guys this weekend. I'm going to hit some baseballs. We're almost at 30 minutes. Thank you for listening to the greatest show on dirt. If you made it this far, God bless your heart. Thank you. Okay, this is for real, bye. There's always a delay when I uh, hit stop on GarageBand, so...